If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. Good morning. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee and California Politics. As always, every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Uh, last week, I apologize for missing it. I was stuck in a, a hearing that went a little long. Uh, the that's not really important what happened. Uh, just got went up really long. Um, uh, what am I drinking today? I'm still drinking Freedom Roast. We have a bunch of it, so we're still drinking Freedom Roast before we switch to anything else. Um, but we're back, and I'll let everyone hop on. If you didn't tune into last night's episode, last night's episode was really interesting. Uh, thanks again to Morgan for coming on and being a part of the show and having a great discussion. It went really, it, it went a lot longer than I was expecting because we had a lot of stuff to talk about, um, and it, it, we really dived into and really had a long form discussion about what's behind the crime wave in California right now, and. Um, yeah, we talked about a lot of things. We started kind of went from the beginning. Where did what you know what started all this? All the laws that were put into place, uh, the propositions like Prop Forty Seven, Prop Fifty Seven, um, AB One Hundred Nine, which was prison all realignment. Prop Fifty Seven reclassified a lot of violent crimes to nonviolent crimes, which reduced their penalties. Uh, you know, very nonviolent crimes like uh, rape of an unconscious person due to intoxication. Um, as well as, you know, bombing to injure people. Those are nonviolent crimes. Also, an interesting one that I pointed out last night on the podcast, assault with a deadly weapon or assault with a firearm is not a violent crime here in California, which you would think in California, which is so gun, anti-gun, you would think they would put huge penalties on anything related to a firearm. So I guess, you know, it's not the worst crime in the world. If you defend yourself with a firearm, I don't know. It just seems odd. But um, yeah, it's a great episode if you really want to learn more about what's going on with the crime uh, crime wave here in California. It's a great episode to tune into. So uh, it's on YouTube right now. It'll be up on podcast later today. As well as this episode, Coffee in California Politics is always an audio version is on later. So if you can't tune in right now, at 9 a.m., your job or whatever doesn't allow you to tune in or just turn it on. You can always listen later on the podcast. Um, so today I'm sporting my noodle shirt. Uh, got some more merch in the site, uh, in the store, and in Instagram. You can check the link. Uh, Elites Hate You is still there. Uh, there's some other new things. There's a new coffee mug, which I'd like to get my hands on one of them because they're pretty cool. Uh, perfect for coffee and California politics. You can get your own California underground mug. But enough of the announcements out of the way. Let's talk about what the subject of today is, and we'll get into it. Uh, I, w- I want to get to an article that I was reading this morning, which was really interesting about Kamala Harris, uh, you know, California girl who uh, is facing a lot of problems and what the rumors are out of D.C. These are only rumors. They're only speculation, but um, it doesn't seem implausible. But the first thing I'd like to do ahead of Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow, happy early Thanksgiving to everyone, by the way, uh, is I would like to actually sit and talk about, and you guys can feel free to put this in the in the chat, in the comments. I'd like people to step back and go, uh, what am I thankful for about being in California? 
And uh, I, I know that's hard to do because a lot of people rag on California. It seems like we're always sitting here ragging on how bad California is and what's going on in California. Um, and those are big issues. Uh, but I think there's a lot of things to be grateful and thankful for for being in California. And I'm going to talk about a couple of them. You feel free to put them in. Like, honestly, what are things that make you thankful to be here in California? Uh, you know, like one thing is, you know, family's here. Uh, so family's close by. So that's always good. Um, San Diego, which is the best city in the uh, state. Don't at me because I think it's the best city. I've been to all of them and I think San Diego is the best. That's why I love living here. Um, and that, I guess that's the first thing. Uh, I'm lucky to live where I am. Um, I'm thankful that I live in an area that most people would love to live where I live. I, I think people would love to live where I live. Um, so I, I kind of make sure I, I always am thankful for that. I always kind of really uh, feel thankful and, and kind of keep that in my mind um, that I'm in a place that most people would love to come. People travel all over to come to San Diego and I, I live in a great area. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Going with San Diego, I love that um, we have not gone COVID crazy, knock on wood, that San Diego County has not gone COVID crazy. Everything's kind of really just back to normal. There's no mask mandate in place. There's no uh, vaccine passports down here in, in, in San Diego. Everything's basically back to normal. There's, you know, you can do whatever you want. Um, there's a couple things here and there. And even courts and, and government buildings don't really require masks anymore. So that's a cool thing. Um and I think I'm thankful when I look at other places like L.A. and San Francisco that things are not looking good in, in L.A. and San Francisco. And San Diego has been pretty good. Uh, and, uh, you know, San Diego is one of the better cities. It, it, you know, love them or hate them. Kevin Faulkner, I think, did a good job of just keeping the, the city safe and clean and, you know, doing the basic things that keep a modern city running that it, you know not everything was perfect it's hard to keep everything in a city perfect but for the most part um i do like that san diego compared to other uh other places or compared to other cities san diego is a nice town it's a nice city to come to um however todd gloria you know he's only been in for one year give him another three years he could probably ruin the city really quickly and turn it into another la also, my wife pointed out that um, it's interesting. He, he looks like he put on a couple LBs, if you saw one of his recent pictures. But that's a whole different issue. Uh, maybe the stress of being mayor has gotten to him. Um, so that's something I'm thankful for. Obviously, the weather, all that. Living in San Diego, thankful for the weather, thankful for the, the location, the beauty. Um, funny enough, I do love being this close to Mexico, being able to hop over to TJ or Valle or something like that. That's always fun. Um, so those are some things I've been thankful for. And the last thing I want to talk about that I'm really, really thankful for um, is the people in California. And, and this is really this is really key because a lot of people hate on California and a lot of people hate on California. And they want to say like, oh, Californians, you get what you vote for. And it, it drives people nuts. I'm starting to see people push back on this. Um I'm sorry to see a lot of people kind of push back and say, like, you know, put their foot down and say, I, no, it, it's not true. There are something like more registered Republicans in California than there are in any other state. And it's only 25 percent of the voting electorate. There's 25 percent of no party. So 
people say like, oh, you get what you vote for. That's not true at all. California is a very, very big state. Yeah, Governor Newsom, Noodles won again, uh, won his beat his recall. Doesn't mean he's not facing a tough 2022 where he's got to kind of dread the line. Um, but I'm thankful for the people. There are good people here in California. And I've, I've figured that out. When you kind of take away the noise and social media and people saying like, well, California is a hellhole. Give up on California. It's awful. I've had that the most people I meet um, are good people. And this platform has been one way to do it. The platform has been one way to um, connect with a lot of people. And I'm, I'm really glad to see the amount of people, the people I've been able to really connect with, incredible influencers, people that I've been able to get to know and be a part of and get a part of this whole ordeal. Um, there's a lot of people out there in California who are fighting. And there's a lot of people who are really concerned about California. And that's something I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for that. In the past year or so, we've seen a lot of people, if not want to start the change, they have become at least people who support the change. People who are like, I want to be a part of the change. And that to me is is cool. That That's really cool because most of the people we meet in California are not the prototypical um, stereotypes that people portray as Californians. Most people are just normal people who just want to live their lives. I mean, I know the the media and everybody portrays Californians as like hipsters and hipster doofuses who are just obsessed with like their vegan turkeys for tomorrow. But like, that's not California to me. You know, there's those pockets. There's certainly those pockets of, of, of areas. I mean, if you're in San Diego, I mean, just go to North Park. You know exactly who I'm talking about. The same people who wear, you know, the... um the funky glasses and they think they're unique because they're all working on MacBook pros. You're not that unique. You look like everybody else here in North park. Um, but that's sort of the image that people have of California is that it's just all these hipster doofuses who really don't, who really, who really don't get it or just kind of detached from reality. But most of the people I've met are just good people. And even when I went to a church that I think I've talked about in the past, um, that was definitely more left leaning, but the people, the reason I stayed was because the people were good. The people were good people. And even though we didn't agree politically, they never really knew my politics because I was afraid, like if they found out my politics, they'd probably kick me out, um, and shun me from the church. And my also, but my belief was that politics doesn't really matter in church. You know, you're here for one reason and one reason only. You shouldn't really be worried about who's on what team politically. Um, but this, this church, you know, they had some political leanings and they would kind of put stuff in their sermons and, um, you know, they were all about like, uh, you know, let's mischaracterize president Trump and let's mischaracterize what's going on at the border and let's mischaracterize this. Um, but too much politics. Anyway, the point of it is, is that I stayed in that church for a long time because the people were really good. And the bottom line is that people are really good in California and that there's a lot of good people here in California who are willing and open to ideals if we just kind of work at it. And I think that there's plenty of opportunity here in California. I think California has to be the uh, the area that is going to change things for the rest of the country. I think California, as they say, the way California goes, so does the rest of the nation. 
But I think that starts here. I think that starts here when it comes to discussing, getting along with people, figuring out where do we go from here? Is this the microcosm of the country where we're at political extremes? Do we figure out how to work together? Do we figure out um, what we want out of our country? What do we want from our government? What do we want from our representatives? Do we figure that out here in California? And then people look at California and go, well, if you can get done in California, you can get done anywhere. I mean, Virginia was definitely an eye opener. People thought Virginia was going to be blue forever. Um, and this really isn't about blue or red. It's about the fact that people have opened their minds and people are willing to see some sort of change, especially after COVID and everything that has been happening. Um, it is important to remember that there are people in California, a lot of good people who are fighting, people who want to be a part of the change and people who are interested in the change. Um, because if there's something about California, when I first came to California way back in high school, I was always blown away by the, the, the new thinking of California, that they were always kind of looking ahead, that they were always kind of thinking in the future. Um, they say that they're thinking in the future now and they're progressive terms, but in reality, a lot of it's regressive when you get back down to the, the nitty gritty of their policies and how it has the unintended consequences, which are really regressive. Um, they're not as progressive as they think. But back then I used to think, wow. California is so much more forward thinking than the rest of the country. They're looking towards the future, how to make a better life for their, their citizens. Um, and I think that's still here. I think that that vein is still here in California where um, people are looking forward. People are trying to think outside of the box. People are trying to th try new things. And that's exciting. And I think, you know, you have to go through these moments of turmoil to kind of wake people up, to shake them out of their reality, to get to the point where people are sitting here going, okay, things are bad. We need to get things better. And how do we do that? And I'm so you're starting to see it now. You're starting to see people show up at school board meetings. You're starting to see people show up at county meetings, at their local meetings. They're starting to get involved in their local politics. Um, and that's good. In the words of Bernie Sanders, that's a good thing. Um, but these are the things that, that give me hope. And that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the people of California who are who are working to really stay here and, and, and fight it out, because I think there's there's hope. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't. I'd be like, eh, there's no hope. This is really going down the crapper. Um, there's really no reason to stay here anymore. But I, I think there's hope. And I think there's reason to, you know, in the words of uh I mean, I know it's not really from the dark night, but they use it a lot from the dark night is it's always darkest before the dawn. Um, who knows? So that's that's stuff that I'm thankful for. Um, and I'm also thankful, obviously, to the supporters, the people who are tuning into this channel. 330 people are tuning in right now. That's awesome. I've, this this is like a record for me. I, I did not expect to have this many people tuning in right now, but this is really awesome to have this many people tuning in, watching me talking to a cell phone about California politics. I mean, that shows you that there's a lot of people who are interested in what's going on in California and what they can do. Um, so thank you to the supporters and everybody. It's been a great year in that term. And that's basically it. So I've got enough of a rant right now. Um, I know a bunch of people in the comment section said stuff they are thankful for. So I'm going to scroll back up. Um, and see what people were saying. Um, someone asked, what is Freedom Roast? It's a roast from Black Rifle Coffee. It's very good. Medium roast, um, smooth, very easy to drink. The weather, obviously, people love the weather. 
uh, the weather we have all seasons, the weather, um, still enjoying the beautiful weather. Yeah. Weather is, um, definitely something like, I, I think if California didn't have good weather, if it was more along the lines of like a North Dakota, I don't think they'd get away with as much stuff as they get. And I think that people stay around in California because of the weather, because they like it here. But if this was a area that people didn't really want to live, it was uncomfortable and they were still doing these policies. I, I think people would obviously get up and leave. And I always say that I always say that the economy does well in California, despite what Californians do. Um, or beside, outside, despite what California government does. So like noodles will say, um, oh, look at how well we're doing. We're roaring back. The economy's doing well. You know, the, the California economy is going to do well because it's a massive state with a lot of resources, a lot of people, with a lot of money. So why they, you know, that's a perfect breeding ground for a good economy. Um, our landscape, how many freedom fighters? Yeah. Yeah. Freedom fighters. A lot of people here who are waking up. And there's a lot of people who are not only waking up. There's a lot of people who are getting um getting into this stuff people who had never really thought about this stuff um people who are starting to think wow you know maybe i should exercise my second amendment rights to protect myself wow maybe i should learn about how my city council works maybe i should learn more about the constitution so that's one of the i don't i don't think they intended when COVID happened you know they're pushing a lot of this stuff but i don't think they intended it to kind of have the backlash effect of people waking up and going uh, maybe I'm a constitutionalist now, so things are going to change. All different landscapes. Uh, thankful In and Out is still here. Uh, yeah, I'm thankful In and Out is still here because it's delicious. Uh, thankful for Derpy. Uh, yep, same in the Inland Empire. Pretty much back to normal, except those are actually where the. Yeah, there's people who still wear it here in San Diego voluntarily. Um, we actually celebrate Thanksgiving in Mexico with the fam. Oh, what part of Mexico do you celebrate in? Uh, people say move. I say, nah, this state is worth fighting for. Yeah, I agree. I hope nobody gives up on Cali. We need to fight. Yep. Um, do, 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 worth fighting for. In LA, we are going to turn this around. I feel that like the cavalry is arriving. We've been in the trenches getting bombarded for a long time. Things are changing. Had to start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it has to get to a point where I think it's so bad people wake up and, and, and maybe that's the silver lining of COVID was that it got so bad and it's still kind of bad in a lot of areas where people were waking up and people are just kind of going, wait a second, what, what's going on here? This isn't normal behavior. This isn't normal what I'm used to because if we just trudged along and, and things were the same and, and, you know, you saw your taxes go up a little bit here, a little bit here. And it got more expensive here, a little bit here. I don't think people would have woken up as much, but the fact that they shocked people out of their their worldview and their their normal reality, um, I think that might be the silver lining. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, hey from Sacramento, what's up? Uh, SD is wanting to vote and make it so that the only vax people can hold office. Don't you think they are doing this because of the loss and Remary call? They're afraid of pro freedom. Well, the city council is doing that. So that's a Todd Gloria thing. That's not a county thing. So the county board of supervisors and the city are two different governmental agencies or governmental entities. Um, so they, they, they that has nothing to do with each other. The Lawson Reamer thing, if you don't know what's going on, Lawson Reamer 
Uh, they've gotten the recall going so far. You can follow it, Recall Reamer on Instagram. Um, if you're in San Diego, you're in a district, you can help out, collect signatures. Um, but she's one of the, the more weaker ones because she was in an area that was a Republican before. She flipped it to a Democrat. Um, she does have, I would say, she's in a tough district because a lot of people can, she, you know, a Republican come roaring back in her district and beat her. Um, so, you know, I think she's the weak one on the county board of supervisors. And that's stuff you have to think about. We talked about that with guerrilla warfare here or guerrilla political warfare here in California. You got to think about these things. You got to think strategically and think, who's the weak person on my county board of supervisors who we can recall who would likely lose their seat and flip it to another, uh, a different party affiliation, whether it's Republican, Libertarian or Independent, someone who's just not going to be a statist. Um, if you don't know me, if you're new this first time, I'm anti-statist. I, I call anybody who loves the government a statist. Um, the left to me is not even the left. They're not liberal anymore. They're just statists. Um, and anybody who's against that, I'm for them. I'd, I'd support them, whether they're Republican, Libertarian, or whatever. Even if they're independent, no party, I don't really care. If you're As long as you're anti-statist, that's what really matters. But you have to think strategically. And you have to think strategically where... Um, you look at County Board of Supervisors, you look at the city council and go, who's probably in the weakest position that we can collect enough signatures, one, to recall them, and two, that we could probably flip their seat and then maybe change things? Because here in San Diego, if we're able to recall Lawson Reamer and flip her seat, that's it. You know, Nathan Fletcher no longer has his power to ram stuff through because now it's a 3-2 for more conservatives or people who are not status. Um so that's how you have to start to think. If you could flip one seat and make all the difference, go after that one seat like your life depends on it. You don't have to flip the entire county board of supervisors, but if you can flip one seat and get them out longer, sooner before their, their term ends, that's awesome. So mm -mm. I'm thankful Nancy Pelosi bought a retirement home in Florida. I bet um, people in Florida are not happy. Yeah, Floridians are not happy about that. So now you want in it. It's a little early for in it. I don't even think they're open. They open at 10 a.m. I think. Um, Floridians are not happy about that. Such hypocrisy with buying a mansion by the ocean. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, I tweeted before we hopped on here about the electric car idea. And I, I don't think I don't think it's really out of the realm of possibility. It sounds conspiratorial. But if you kind of always backtrack any climate change policy. And you just kind of walk it back and go, okay, well, who would be in control of this? Who would monitor this? Who would enforce this? You always end up that the government ends up with more control than, um, than you would like. And it really, that's all it comes down to. And people are like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You hate the climate. You want it to die. No, I, I love the environment. I want, I want the redwoods to be alive. I want all the areas of California to be protected. I think there should be national and state parks. I think we should see the beauty and wonder that is California and America. I think we should figure out how to reuse water. I think we should figure out how to incorporate renewable energy, whether it's nuclear or anything like that. But when you start to look at why they push a specific policy, you can start to really understand if you kind of frame it in, well, it's all about you go backwards, it's all about more control. Then you realize, oh, that's why they're doing this. You know, that's why they're pushing electric cars, even though electric cars, I think someone posted, um, 
they would have to be done with electricity, which you need power to do. And where does the power come from for electricity? Electricity doesn't magically appear. It needs to be produced by some way. Is that done by natural gas? Is it done by coal? Is it done by, you know, electricity doesn't produce itself. So something has to produce electricity. <laughs> I know it's solar. Solar is not consistent enough. Wind turbines are not consistent enough. Um, all these renewable energies are not consistent enough, even though we see it now, especially tomorrow. I think there is Santa Ana winds predicted for here in Southern California. Um, so prepare, prepare for the fact that there might be blackouts and brownouts tomorrow on Thanksgiving because our grid cannot handle it. And that's a scary thing that when Noodle said, oh, I'm going to mandate that everyone has uh, that we can't sell gas powered cars. It's all going to be electric by 2035 or whatever. Um, you start to say, well, but we don't have a grid ready to get all that electricity going. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't really matter. Now you're starting to say. Well, they control the electricity and they give the contracts out and they have a monopoly over it. So um, it makes sense when you start to think about it that way. So if you question or want transparency, the left immediately labels you with horrible names. So what you said makes sense, but they would go crazy over that very common sense statement, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I, I joke. I lean into the joke that I'm being extra conspiratorial and give me my tinfoil hat, but it's just an observation. It's an observation of like, it's an issue of the government controls public utilities and public utilities have to answer to the government. They get that monopoly. Now, if the government can lean on that public utility and say, listen, you're going to do this for us. Otherwise, we might not renew your contract in a couple of years. Do you think these big companies are going to want to lose their contracts? They'll be out of business. Like if SDG&E loses their contract to be the exclusive provider in San Diego, do you think they would be able to recover? No, I, I mean, they would lose billions of dollars in money that they make. Um, so, of course, they're, they're going to do whatever the government tells them to do. And really, that's that's kind of the definition of fascism is when the corporate powers and the government start to work together to the point where you really can't distinguish the two of them, where, you know, corporations are working on behalf of the government. They're still private entities. They're still private entities, technically, but when they work together in this kind of co uh, collusionary way, that's fascism. So when the state and the private enterprise work together to enforce stuff, that's fascism. Got to start going back to the oldie cars that turn on when you push them. Yeah, the ones with the, like, the... Uh, the Earth is 5 billion years old and has survived at least one extinction-level event. This climate change garbage is crap. It's about control. Yeah. And I always bring this up, but there's an interesting uh, video. I think it's the Truth Factory. She hasn't done a lot of stuff recently, but if you like these kind of theories, the Truth Factory, she's very unique in the fact that she narrates it through a cat. Like, so she stays anonymous. Um, so she narrates it through a cat, but she has an excellent video about how humans may have actually saved the planet with our carbon footprint rather than destroyed it because uh what what happens is is that when you release more carbon into the air you actually help warm it up and we've actually warmed up the planet enough to avoid an ice age which we were headed towards and now we have incredible growing seasons so we've actually kind of helped the planet we were on our way to a, a disastrous ice age um, but it's an interesting video. Check it out. It's the truth factory. Um, 
Microgrids, nuclear power with fossil fuel backup. California has a good mix of power generation. Yeah, that's another thing I don't understand is why not just do a all of the above kind of, why not just do an all of the above sort of solution? Why are we not just looking at everything like an all of the above sort of solution where we get, um, we get abundant energy? You know, and then you can power the cars and you can, and then it makes sense to have everybody have electric cars because if you have nuclear energy that can power all these cars and all these grids, then it makes sense. Then it makes sense to have those. But right now it, the energy grid fails at like the slightest in weather inconvenience. Um, the truth factory, um, I think that's her, but you'll notice it because she has a lot of videos that go down these rabbit holes. They're really fun to watch. She does a really, really good job. She really dives into them. Um, and you'll notice right away, there's a little cat in the corner. That's her narrating with this cat kind of avatar, I guess you would call it more CO2 and warmer weather means more food. Yeah. So we're actually, and it's a really good video. I suggest you, you go check it out. It's one of those videos I watched and I went, Okay, she makes good points. Maybe we, maybe because humans are on this planet, we were able to avoid a disastrous ice age that would have caused, you know, famine, no food. We wouldn't be able to grow anything like in starvation. So the fact that we are able to change that around is, is kind of ironic that they're like blaming people for uh, what's going on, but what's going on with the, the ozone and, and carbon and all that stuff. When in reality, maybe we're helping out. Uh, but anyway, so anyway, what was I talking about? We kind of got off on a, a nuclear energy tangent. Um, again, if you have stuff you want to say you're thankful for, go for it. Uh, there was this article about Kamala Harris. Uh, and the only reason I want to bring this up, obviously Kamala Harris, former attorney general and Senator from California, uh, DA of San Francisco, um, so anything that involves Kamala Harris to me is still California politics. Uh, and this article is from the American thinker and it's called the disturbing and shocking plan to replace Kamala Harris. Uh, I'm going to hop down because a lot of this is really just kind of background. Um, and the our author says the suspicion of an impasse between the Biden and Harris camps came to the fore with gossip information I received last week. The bad blood between them stems from Jill Biden, wife of the president, who I heard hates Kamala Harris. It goes back to when Harris accused Biden of being a racist during the televised Democrat presidential debates. And that hurt for two reasons. Biden has a troubling past over race issues based on his incriminating comments throughout the years and his close friendships with Strom Thurmond and Robert Byrd. Given the racial climate of left-wing politics, Jill Biden knew this could have seriously damaged her husband's chance of reaching the White House, a goal she was determined to achieve as her husband. Um, but, 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 but in the end, she never really made it. But, uh, uh, one of the things that scares them as much as it does the Republicans is that the president Harris would promote a member of the squad to become the next house leader, replacing a probably retiring Nancy Pelosi. So behind the scenes, the cabal is plotting a succession acceptable to them. It begins with the premise that Harris must go before Biden does two names were mulled over Pete Buttigieg, um, who would be a figurehead because he's only been mayor he's you know they'll just tell him what to do uh hillary clinton which sounds awful um they consider her to be a capable vice president however if she were to run in 2024 
Donald Trump would probably beat her again, probably more soundly this time. So according to this guy's source, the odds on money, um, Jay Booge called it, he, he got it. Uh, the answer is clear. Select Michelle Obama. Uh, money, the machinery, power, and the media will be behind her. Uh, and the reason she didn't want to run was in 2020 was because she was afraid of being defeated. And if she's vice president and then she can kind of ramp everything up for 2024, it'll be better. Um, race and gender will be even louder and drumbeat leading up to 2024 with Michelle Obama in the White House. By 2024, the propaganda will be so loud that it'll be considered treasonous for the people to vote against a black female president in 2024. Democrats will ensure that race will remain front and center issue in American society. That is the scenario that is being plotted behind closed doors in Washington, D.C. Um, yikes. Uh, not awesome. Um, let me know what you think in the comments about it. Um, I'd heard this rumor before about Michelle Obama running for president. Uh, it's not out of the... I wouldn't say it's completely out of the realm of possibilities... For her running for president, but it's, I would say it's far-fetched. Why? Because being president is hard. It's not easy and, and it's stressful and you're, you always kind of have to be on whether you like it or not. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure Michelle Obama really wants to be on as much as people really think. Um, she saw her husband went through for eight years. Uh, she saw how he was vilified. He saw how he was attacked. I don't really think Michelle Obama wants to do it. I don't think I, I know that they want to try and figure out how to get rid of Kamala Harris quietly. Pete Buttigieg makes more sense because he's sort of that ambitious guy. He already ran for president. He wants to be president. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think Michelle Obama really wants to be president because she's doing well on her own. She's doing she's a figurehead right now. She's kind of created her legacy. She's created um uh, this image of herself. And I don't think that she wants to tarnish that. I don't think she wants to be the one responsible for possibly tarnishing her own, uh, <coughs> excuse me, her own image. And if you're, if you're already, if you're already sort of like this figurehead and you're super popular and stuff like that, why would you take a job that would make you less popular? Because regardless, you're going to get people who are not going to be happy with what you do. Even if they're your strongest supporters, they may turn around and say, well, you didn't do all the stuff you promised. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't pass free universal health care. You didn't get this passed. Um, you know, the Republicans are going to attack her as like the second coming of, a, a, of Barack Obama, which she probably would be because, um, you know, Barack would be involved somehow. I mean, he'd be living in the White House. He'd be right there. I just don't think she wants to do it. And I don't think she wants to do it because again, I think she's, they're making a lot of money. They're doing well. They have these huge parties. They have a $15 million mansion in Nantucket or wherever it is, Martha's Vineyard. Um, why would they want to kind of upset the apple cart? I would say Pete Buttigieg makes more sense um, simply because he is the guy who is looking to move up the ladders. You know, he's, he wants to be president. He ran for president. It makes more sense that he would be president. Um, they could play the whole identity politics thing. He'd be the first gay president. Um, and that just makes more sense. He would also be... He would also... Uh, but then again, I don't know if he'd win in 2024. 
I don't think America would be ready. Let me know in the comments what you think. I don't think America would be ready for a gay president. I think they were open to the idea of a woman president. Um, but a gay president, I think you would lose a lot of probably swing states, deep red areas um, for one reason or another. I don't have a problem with it, whatever. But um, I think that would definitely turn a lot of people off. Uh, and Michelle Obama... She has, there's a chance she could lose. There's a chance she could lose because there's going to be a lot of people who are going to look back on the Obama years who were not fans of it and say, well, I don't want another Obama term, which is kind of what Biden is. Biden has turned into the third Obama term. Um, and the, the, the Obama dynasty, I don't know how much more. And then they could just tie Michelle Obama to, they could tie this to Biden, um, and the Obama, and it's just, I think it's a mess. It's too, it's too messy for them to do. So let's see. Some people are blowing up in the comments. So I want to make sure I get to people's comments. Um, because that's the point of coffee in California politics. If you haven't been here, this is your first time tuning in. The point of coffee in California politics is it's a conversation between us. It's we're sitting, we're chatting. I'm watching your, your comments. Sometimes the things, so if you have anything you want to talk about, if you have any topics you want to discuss, throw it in the comments. We'll, we'll touch upon it. Any questions, comments, stuff like that. People weren't happy with Obama's terms since he did nothing for the black community. I doubt they'd accept her with open arms. She'd be under a major microscope. Well, the, the media would be absolutely on her side. And, <coughs> excuse me, I have to take a drink of water. Um... The media would be absolutely in love with her and they would herald her as like the, the second coming of Christ. Um, so she would get the media coverage or she'd get cover from the media. Um, but there's still a lot of media outlets that would not be nice to her. And there's a lot of people who would probably who have been tuning out to corporate media. So corporate media doesn't have as much power as people think it does anymore. Especially after the Rittenhouse thing, a lot of people woke up and said, wait a second, the corporate media told me this was like a race issue. And then people were like, oh, wait a second. It was an issue with one guy and three other white guys it had nothing really to do with race. Oh, OK. Another interesting thing, another side note I read from CNBC, the new owners of CNN uh, look like they want to kind of pull CNN back from the brink of being this far left propaganda. And he basically said, we want real journalists back, which is, whoo, talk about a side swipe to the people at CNN that it's like, we want real journalism back um, at CNN to say that. And I'd, I'd respect it if CNN went back to what it was years and years ago when it was just, hey, we're going to report the news. Uh, do you think the Democrats are in trouble in the upcoming midterms with all the crazy far left policies? Virginia was definitely a wake up call to the left. Um, it was definitely a wake up call because they saw how a lot of their policies are getting pushed back and people are, um, people are not happy. And I think Virginia was definitely a wake up call. And the one thing I, 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 that drives me nuts about Republicans, um, is that they will take this as a win that their platform is somehow always, they've gotten so much better. You can't claim this as a win if the only reason they went with you is because you're the opposite of how bad this other choice is. It's like, okay, if you had to eat a cow patty or you had to eat, um, I don't know, 
stinky eggs or something like something gross but one's clearly more edible than the other and but they they both kind of taste horrible well would you choose the cow patty or would you choose the stinky eggs you'd most likely choose the stinky eggs because you're not eating a cow patty so don't pretend like you're it's a win because and you're so much better because you're the lesser of two evils um so i'm hoping republicans don't take advantage of that do 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 there were some other questions that people, I think she wants it. And I think their family has moved into dynasty type status with their money and have been president. Plus they made her temper herself down because she was outshining her husband. Interesting. Um, I, you know, if she's that much of an egomaniac, she might want it. She could definitely say, you know, I mean the whole, it'd be historic thing would be something that she would probably be interested in being the first female, not only the first female, but also the first black female president. Um, so she does have that going for her. Uh, so I mean the history, if her ego, if she wants to stroke her ego and, and get that title, she might be interested, but it's not like they're not doing well on their own. Like Michelle Obama can go anywhere and she's like treated like a rock star. So she doesn't have to be president to do that. Actually, I don't think America is ready for neither. I have the unpopular opinion that it would not be a good idea to have a female president. I'm sure a lot of people would disagree, but you know, I've that's not the first time I've heard uh, people say that it's you know, I'm not the first time I've heard females say they don't really want a female president. Um, also, I don't think, and I think a lot of females feel this way. I don't think females necessarily want someone to just be like what's going on with Kamala Harris right now is not how I think females would have wanted it. I don't think females would have looked at Kamala Harris and the way she got into politics and the way she rose up through the ranks as a shining example of her being the first female vice president. Um, I don't think that that you want to do it on merit. You want to do it because you can show the world like I did it because I did it because I have the qualifications. I worked hard. I got there. I don't think Kamala Harris was the one that they if you're if you're female, you look at and go, yeah, that's the shiny example. That's that's how you get to the top, obviously, is you do what what Kamala Harris did. I can't believe Pete B is a contender after having only been mayor of a small town. Well, uh, there's a lot to be said if you kind of sign your life over to being an establishment guy, and that's what Pete Buttigieg is, is uh, he's an establishment guy and he'll do whatever they tell him to do. If it means he's going to be president, he doesn't really care. Um, he's a political monster. He's a political creature and he fits perfectly in DC because he gets to pretend like he's a transport secretary and, um, you know, also, they're not really crazy about Pete Buttigieg because he did that whole, I took a paternity leave right in the middle of, like, supply chains <laughs> crumbling in, in America um, and the backlogs at, like, the California ports. So I, I don't really think, like, he would, he'd be the best pick. Um, they're not crazy, but he's an establishment guy. And he's an establishment guy where he would, he would... Um, he would listen to what they say. So that's why I think they, they push for him is because he would do what they want, which is what they wanted from Biden. But Biden is clearly so bad that, um, 
they can't hide it anymore. I don't think people realize you can hide Biden too long. You hit him in 2020. I mean, you hit him in the basement. You had all these lights in his own little studio. He never had to go out and do anything live. He could have done recorded videos again and again and again. Um, but at the end of the day, like it, 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 it they, they just want someone they can control. And that would be Pete Buttigieg. And I say Pete Buttigieg on purpose because it's funny. Um, uh, I personally wouldn't vote for a gay candidate or female or someone pretending to be female candidate president. Um, well, I, I mean, it, it's I, I would say people vote for credentials. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think I, I see a lot more people on the right or who are right leaning are more worried about credentials of like, are you a good candidate? Yes or no. And if you're not a good candidate, it's, I don't care what identity you are. They just want to make sure you're a good candidate. Media starting to become a liability. Yeah. Yeah. I think the media is not helping itself. The media would be fawning over Michelle running. Uh, Young Kim worked for the Carlisle group, AKA Dominion voting. Um, I don't know much about that. I've seen that kind of floated around on the internet. Um, people are trying to say like he was installed to kind of keep conservatives at bay and make them feel happy, which if you accept that premise, then why across the country did we see wins for Republicans in areas that were not supposed to win like the truck driver in New Jersey? I mean, the guy spent $153 and beat the Democratic state senator. He's the guy like this, this Steve Sweeney guy. He's been like a political boss in New Jersey for years. Um, so the fact that he beat him and spent like nothing shows that there's there's definitely a rising kind of pushback. Um, and Cifarelli, the fact that he came so close also shows like, Thing, there's a definitely a change. A wave is coming. Uh, my favorite is the city attorney in Portland. Is it Portland or Seattle? I can never remember. I think it might be Portland or C- it might be Seattle. The city attorney went from Democrat to Republican um, just because he promised he would actually enforce the law and you know prosecute people. Uh, so that it, even if you accept that Youngkin was installed by the Dominion Group, it doesn't really change the fact that there was big wins and shocking wins all over the country and had nothing to do with Glenn Youngkin. Um, Winsome Sears also, I mean, she was a huge win. The attorney general in Virginia, they're not all dominion people from what I know. I haven't heard that theory. I wouldn't mind Tulsi. Um, Yeah. Tulsi has been ramping up and she's been out more outspoken. I don't know if I would like a Tulsi Gabbard, um, she's been changing her, her tune a lot recently and she's been coming out and, and been really anti-establishment. Um, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, Dave Smith, part of the problem, um, who, you know, big joy for me. He retweeted me this week. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, he had said something about like Tulsi Gabbard and people saying, oh, we should have Tulsi come over to be a libertarian because that would change the libertarian party and she could run for as a libertarian. She could. She could probably get away as a libertarian. She'd, she'd do wonders for the party. Um, she'd get a lot of people interested. 
there's a lot of people who would jump on board with a, a Tulsi Libertarian Party. She might be one of the most formidable third-party candidates since um, who was the last one? I'm trying to think of the last big third-party candidate. Is it Ross Perot? Ross Perot was the last one who really kind of made a run at it as a third-party candidate. Um, but Dave Smith had made a point that sometimes you want people to be the best at they at what they are. So like if Tulsi's the best Democrat, you kind of want her to stay as a Democrat so that she can help change Democratic minds. Now, of course, the Democratic Party kicked her out. Like they, they shoved her out and she's no longer like in favor of the Democratic Party. So it may work. It may work for her to run on a libertarian ticket, if nothing else, to try and change minds and, and, and get people awake. Um, do, 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 do. So it'd be very interesting. I think she's she's gearing up for something. Y'all are going crazy this morning. I love it. A lot of energy this morning. Everyone's all excited. Does everyone have off today or something? Is that why everyone's all um all excited and jumping around and do do, do. is that maybe that's why there's so much such a big number because people are kind of at home doing really not really doing anything. Uh, your thoughts on the upcoming proposal on mandates at city SD city council next week. Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's going to definitely, that should be challenged in court. If it's not going to be challenged, it should definitely be challenged in court. Um, because I don't think you should be able to discriminate against people based on their health status. I don't think that's something that, um, especially if you're elected, I mean, so if you're, you're only allowing people to be elected who took the vaccine. Um, but if someone wants to stand up for the rights of people who are unvaccinated and they're unvaccinated, they can't necessarily run for office on the San Diego city council. Um, so I, it, it's these things that I, they put them out and it's up to constitutional attorneys to kind of push back on them and say like, no, you can't do this. And believe me, there's a lot of constitutional attorneys, not only in San Diego, all over California, all over the country who are pushing back against these things. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely something that I, I would like to see challenged because I think it's discriminatory based on health reasons. Tulsi's ramping up her public appearance and voice. So I bet she runs. Yes. Yeah, she probably she might be kind of getting out there and doing her own thing. She's got a good cavalcade. If she joined the Libertarian Party and said, "I'm going to be a Libertarian and I'm going to be the best Libertarian there is," maybe you know people like Tulsi. Um, they're not crazy about her gun. She might have to switch her her ideas on gun rights. Um, she doesn't do well on gun rights. I know that people are not crazy about her ideas on gun rights. And if you're a Libertarian, you're kind of a hands off my gun at all time. Uh, why hasn't anyone gotten Biden out based on his dementia mental decline? Because the people who would have that power are all surrounding him. So why would they get him out? I mean, they can invoke the 25th Amendment or try to that he's incapable of actually doing what he's supposed to do. But do, 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 do. Uh, and this is going to sound funny. That was too clean outside of his preference. They don't have enough dirt. Uh, I don't really know what that's in regards to. We need more people to step up like the truck driver in Jersey. Yeah. 
Yeah, and people ask me all the time in the DMs. They say, like, well, what can I do? How can I get involved? I tell them there's two things you can do if you want to get involved. One, you can run for office. You can go to your school boards, run for office, figure out how you can get on a local council. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you can do that. Um, that's one way to do it. Get involved. Become a one of those local politicians. You know, it's not as hard as you think it is. I mean, it's, it's work. It's not impossible. If you really are dedicated and you want to run for school board or anything, go for it. Get involved in your local community and you can do that. Two, if you don't want to be the face of it, get involved in the people who are supporting people who are running for these offices. Whether it's their campaign, whether it's the party, get involved. Um here in San Diego, I, I'm pretty sure they do this across the, the state, but you have the central meeting, you have the central committee, which is like the big party, and then you have different little caucuses, and these caucuses talk about what's going on in their district, their California district. So you can get involved in the central party, and then you can go to the specific caucus meetings where you're, um, you're represented. And you can talk to people and you can say, like, who are we running? What are we doing? Are we registering more people? What do we, you know, and that's really microcosm sort of local politics grassroots. And that's how things change. Um, if this is your first time really watching, you'll, you'll learn that I talk about this a lot, but you have to get involved in local politics because that's how things change here in California. It's from the ground up. Mm-mm-mm. Ron Paul. Did Ron Paul run as a third-party candidate? I thought Ron... Well, Ron Paul ran as a Republican. Um, but he didn't... He didn't run as a third-party. He ran as a Republican in his own party. Uh, that's why he, he never really gained... He, that's why he never really gained any traction. Could you imagine in 2008, Ron Paul versus Barack Obama? Whew, the debates they would have had would have been... They would have been epic. Because Barack Obama is no slouch. He's a smart guy. But it would have been interesting to see Ron Paul pick apart Obama's policies one by one. What is the Twitter for California Underground? Uh, it's just, I think it's California Underground. Or it's missing an R, so it's California Underground. Um, but if you search California Underground, you'll find it. Do, 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 do. Also, thank you to everyone who is picking up their noodles merchandise. Um, there's a lot more stuff going on in the merchandise store than just this noodle shirt. I've added a bunch more things. Um, so check it out. It's not just in a shirt. You can get it in a sweatshirt. You can get it in a tank top. So check it out if, if that's what you want. The Elise Hate You came out really great. I'm really proud of that one. Um, that one also available in a sweatshirt, t-shirt, tank top, all that stuff. There's also just California Underground merch you can get a sweatshirt you can get all that stuff there's a new mug that i put up in the store um i think it looks really nice and really fresh uh so if you want to sip on your california underground mug um you can have it right there so baking pies today Ooh, sounds good what kind of pies are you baking just found your page and i really like what you're saying on this live thank you welcome yeah we do this every wednesday morning at 9 a.m um and then there's always a podcast that week the podcast is more, uh, we dive into a subject. We kind of really, it's either an interview with someone like a candidate or someone who's, who's out there doing things. Um, maybe people are involved in politics. 
uh, or it's a deep dive into a subject and we kind of really like narrow down and talk about one specific area. But coffee in California politics is just us chatting. It's just us chatting, having a good time, um, seeing where people ask questions, what they comment on. It's the day before Thanksgiving, so just prepping food. I got to prep food later. I got to I gotta make uh, stuff for what I call the manzanya. Um, it's a original recipe, the manzanya. Any update on the Let Them Breathe court case? I think it's over. I think the court ruled um, the way they did, making it... I, I haven't really looked at all the documents. I've kind of gotten it secondhand. I think what the court ruled was that the schools are not really beholden to listen to the mandates from the state. So, um, yeah, that's what I got from it. Um, but yeah, I got to make a manzanilla later today. Um, manzanilla is just more meat, more cheese, just, you know, just turn up everything to 11. You know, I always thought lasagna was kind of boring, uh, but manzanilla is all about kind of turning it up way more meat, way more cheese, just really explosion of flavor. Tulsi was on Gutfeld on Fox. Uh, that's interesting. I might want to check that. And she left Hawaii National Guard to join the reserves. Yang is not a libertarian. Um, I, I would not, I mean, he's for bigger government, so I, I don't really, he wants to give people guaranteed money. There's no way he's libertarian. Um, I, I'm sorry. I've read too much. I've been hanging out in the libertarian circles, reading too much stuff like Rothbard and stuff like that. There's no way Andrew Yang is a libertarian. Um, Tulsi would have been a much better presidential runner. Yeah, I've been hearing that she also left Hawaii, so now she's based here in California. Do you think Noodles is hiding down south in Mexico because of how terrible our state is looking in the news? I don't think he has to hide. I think, you know, media runs enough coverage for him. It doesn't really matter. What is smaller government? What are your thoughts on it? Oof. That's tough to get into two minutes before we're going to close it out. Um Really, uh, you know, in a world of like, I let me start with this. When it comes to what I support today, what I support now, candidates and stuff like that, my philosophy is don't let perfect become the enemy of the good in the sense of like, not every candidate is going to be perfect. But if we can inch towards what my ideal world is, then great. Um, I joke that COVID made me much more of an anarcho-capitalist where really like government's only function really should be like maybe keeping up infrastructure um, (coughs) and some other public necessaries necessities. But outside of that, like really government shouldn't really produce anything um, because they're not good at producing anything. And, and the less government really has their hands in the better. Um, So any candidate who really wants to chip away at like the size of the government and the power of the government is why I, I, I support that, but I won't let perfect be the enemy of the good because I don't think like an anarcho-capitalist strong libertarian candidate might not, would not do well in California right now, but who's to say we can't get to that point in 20 years where people are like, yeah, let's chip away at government over and over and over again and return rights to the people. So why do I call them noodles? Uh, that's an excellent question. 
um, because I don't know if you can see it on this shirt. This is from a video when he got his flu shot last year or two years ago. Um, and I remember watching the video and just thinking to myself, like, uh, it, he, he's got these little noodly arms. And if you look at the, the shirt, you can see the picture that I screenshotted. I was shocked at like how small and thin his arms were. And it, this kind of picture, like the nurse looking at him kind of like, those are your arms, governor. Really? Those are your arms. Uh, looked like she could have like poked the needle right through his arms. Um, but because he has these little noodly arms and it kind of fits with his personality, he's kind of like a noodly character kind of wavers in the wind. Um, that's why we call them noodles. So it's kind of caught on and that's why I came up with a noodle shirt. Somebody had another question. Last I heard they're appealing, but I'd like to hear the specifics. I had the privilege of meeting in a zoom call with her and her other fighters. Um, Oh, you're talking about the let them breathe case. Yeah. Yeah, they can appeal. I'm sure they'll appeal. What is the manzanya? I told you, it's just, uh, it's lasagna, but it's just really like amped up. It's like turned up to 11. We came up with it in college because we were like, you know what? We want to make a lasagna, but we want to make it like real manly. So we added like two or three pounds of meat and like way more cheese. And we're like, let's just turn everything up and like make it real extreme. And people like it, so people like the manzanya. Less corporate and government control lobbying needs to end. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Andrew Yang is trying a forward party, my bad, and the prostatus was also on Gutfeld this past month. Um, are you talking about Andrew Yang was on Gutfeld? Do, 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 do. Let's see. A lot of, I see a lot of people joining, but it's weird. Are you originally from California? It sounds like you have a slight accent. Uh, no. I'm originally from the, the great garden state of New Jersey. Uh, moved out here for college, and then I went back after college, and I came back um, for law school, and here I am now. But love Jersey, but I love California too. So, you know, I love going to visit everybody, family and friends in Jersey. Um, that's why, you know, I have a little bit of an accent, but all right. Last couple questions. We'll wrap it up for today. Thank you so much to everyone who tuned in today. Uh, you definitely have an East coast accent. I can hear it. And that's not even that bad. A lot of people think I don't really have that strong of an accent. Um, but thank you to everyone who tuned in. This was an awesome live. A lot of new people who are hopping on a lot of people who never seen before, uh, and a lot of people picking up the shirt, their noodle shirt. Um, so hope you enjoy those. They're really comfortable. I like the material. It's, it's stretchy. It's very comfortable. Uh, which law school? Uh, Thomas Jefferson. So great coffee and politics session today. Thank you. Yeah, today was today was very good. Um, but as always, every 9 a.m. on Wednesdays, we do coffee in California politics. So if it's your first time hopping on. Make sure you set your calendar. Um, can we get some love for the mom extremists at the state capitol who made the front page? Yeah, awesome. You know, the extremists, the domestic terrorists who are out there exercising their rights. Good job. Get out there. At this point, don't worry about what they're going to call you. They're going to call you every name in the book, whether you're right or wrong. They're going to call you every name in the book. I mean, they called Kyle Rittenhouse 
Um, I mean, they, they called Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist, even though it had nothing to do with like race or anything like that. Oh, thank you for getting the, the noodle shirt. Yeah, happy Turkey Day. Have a good time, everybody. I always call it Christmas Part 1, where you kind of ramp up to Christmas. Um, I love Thanksgiving. It's, it's more of a chill holiday. It's just people hanging out, eating food, having a good time. Uh, stay safe out there. If you're Black Friday shopping, always make sure uh, you do, you know, you stay safe out there for Black Friday shopping. Um, and that's basically it. So everyone have a great holiday. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you on the next one. Later, everybody. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 